Well, good evening. My name is Zach Miller, and this is the first podcast of the Arrow School for Men. Arrow School for Men is a concept about practical man training. Um, we talk about manhood many times generically or metaphorically, but never really get into the nuts and bolts of hey, how, what does it mean to be a man or bigger question, am I a man? Uh, the thing that I've seen so much in my life is there's a lot of boys, and boys are 10 years old, like my son right now, Zion, and there's boys that are 25 and 35 and 55 and 75. And manhood is actually, uh, I think, a thing that we grow into, and it's something that when the Lord works in our heart. Um, so tonight, I am blessed to uh, have my first guest, uh, my father, Dennis Miller. And uh, my father has uh, done many different things in his life. He's an ordained minister. He is a small business owner for over 25 years, um, part of many different um, organizations, and has led worship and uh, been involved in the homeschool community at times, uh, done a lot of small business things, board president for a Bluegrass Association, uh, many different varied things, but but my first, um, I guess, exposure to manhood was my father, and I think that's such an awesome place to learn how to be a man. So, uh, welcome, Dad, or Dennis Miller, but, um, but just welcome, Dad. Thank you for uh, being here tonight. And thank you, Zach. Well, um, giving you just a little bit introduction, but um, just I want to give you the floor just to to talk about really anything that God's put on your heart, but specifically. You know, where, when do you think you made the transition or started the transition from being a boy to being a man and, and the story and, and maybe any of the specific things that helped you in that transition? Well, I was not always, I was raised in a, in a Catholic home and, and was a good boy growing up, but then got pretty much kind of rejecting God for um, three or four years, five years, uh, just kind of sort of walked away, didn't not love God, but just kind of turned turned a deaf ear to God for a while and um, kind of didn't have any direction because um, without, uh, without the God of the Bible, uh, goals, standards, all those things were kind of things I made up as I went along. There was situational ethics. And I just was sort of depressed and not knowing what to do. And I th started to think about, well, what I was praying, uh, even though I wasn't really a Christian, but about what did I really want to do? And, and um, I figured out that, well, I really wanted to learn how to play the guitar better. And so because of that, I needed to have, have a guitar. I needed to own a guitar, so I needed to do something to be able to buy a guitar. And I needed a place to stay, and then I would need a job so that I could maybe pay for lessons and all of those things. So God used this kind of little desire in my heart to start me to focus, and it was really from that point I began to uh, to kind of start working on the guitar. I ended up moving and found a really good guitar teacher for a while, and um, and it was in that process that I all of a sudden had the opportunity to to really meet my first Christians, and my parents accepted the Lord, and um, I started reading the Bible, and so it was like. The guitar thing became kind of took a second backseat to just just my relationship with uh, with God, and so I just started started reading the Bible, and and um, and God started changing me, and uh, and I you know it's been a from there on it was a process of went to Bible school and and did some different things, and I very shortly ended up meeting my wife Chris and and so there was all of those things happened I think 
because God started calling in my life. And, and it started in a very, what would seem secular, seem non-spiritual way and just wanting to play the guitar. But God, God used that and in the process kind of moved me along. That's a short story. Well, that's, yeah, I like what you said about the desire. Um, did that just come out of the blue or, or do you, looking back now, do you think that was something that God had just placed there or just even that was kind of in your heart already? Well, I'd always, I'd always kind of liked music and I was in some bands and stuff, but I never really had applied myself at all to much of anything. I, I always say that I'm, I was kind of a poser. You know, you kind of act like you're somebody in a band and you can you can sing and stuff, but you can't really play an instrument and you you aren't really you don't devote anything, any time to it. So uh, but I at this point, because I was pretty disillusioned, I began to I was praying. All I knew how to pray was my Catholic uh, Lord's Prayer, but I would go up on a hill and I would pray the Lord's Prayer because I didn't know where I was going and had no real direction, and that's all I knew to do. And God was was good. Took that, you know. I, I would say it was it was God working in my heart. Well, and, and you said that there was no direction per se outside. I mean, ideally. Um, I know you'd probably would wish that your father had provided some direction, right, to 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 help in that way. But but I love what you said about there's there was like a decision, right? There was a decision that said I'm not going to stay here. There's um, I'm going to make a choice to to not stay in that poser or that that um, kind of that fake, but you're like, I want to be the real thing, right? You you knew that you were a poser. It wasn't even that anyone else said it, right? It was just in your own heart that you're like that. And then the Lord drew you to really to pray the only thing that you knew how to pray. And then kind of in that faith, he met you, right? And I mean... Right. Uh, you know, and he, he provided, because at, at the point where I was, I, I mean, I didn't really, I didn't know... Christ was who Christ was. I'd left the Catholicism. And so I, you know, checked into Hinduism. I checked into different worldly religions and thought that maybe I would find peace there. I'd find peace through meditation. or uh, But I didn't. I just got, I was just becoming more and more confused. So, so God kind of moved everything, all of those things off you know, so as I began to just kind of think about, um, you know, how do I how do I live a simple life and just own a guitar and and have a job and and things? It seems like then everything kind of began to move forward. And and once I came to understand Jesus, I understood um, that to be born again was was a real thing and Christianity was more than a religion then I, I everything seemed to the cloud seemed to dissipate and I seemed to understand so I'd say that's that was in becoming a man that was really part of the process that all of a sudden I wasn't I wasn't just trying to find answers I knew the answer and it, and that made everything different well, and in finding the answer, did that give a confidence? Did that give an assurance and security that that was lacking prior? Well, I just, I, you know, so that's over 30, what, 35 years ago or whatever. And before that, I was very, I would, I was very mobile. I would, I would kind of do something for a while and, and then I get bored and I try something else. Um, I um, I mean, part of, uh, you know, of, of being a man means stability. And, um, you know, and I, I really didn't think I would be married because I was just too unstable. I would, you know, I would be into something for a couple of months and then it would bore me and I would try something else. And but with Jesus, I mean, I, you know, it's like 
I just think there's there is so much to know about God that it just I just I don't see coming to the end of uh, and saying, well, I've, I've done enough of that. And now it's time to do something else. It's just not that it's God's bigger than all of my hopes and desires and little ideas. Yeah. Well, and you had talked about how you just started, you know, that your parents came to the faith and then you started to read the Bible and you started to pray. Um, and that kind of leads me into the, like, one of the key things of, of the era school for men is that a man provides and protects spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So specifically talking about the spiritual way, um, what has, is the Lord teaching you right now about how do you provide for, you know, for my mom, for, for, for mom and for Arthur, um, you know, my youngest brother still lives at home. He has Down syndrome. How has God taught you about providing and about protecting? And, and like you said about stability, like what, what is the Lord teaching you or has taught you? Um, and maybe just even like the practical, like, like what did you do today? Or what did you do this week? Um, cause I'm trying to make it not just pie in the sky, but like, Hey, this is what you would recommend to a, a young man to, hey, if you want to grow in this area, or if you want to provide or protect, start here. Yeah, well, I thought a little bit about the, uh, I mean, to grow spiritually, it's, it comes down to, you know, to kind of seeking God. And, um, and, and that involves prayer, and that involves reading the Bible and getting familiar with the Word of God, because the Word is truth. And so I think spiritual stability happens because you've got this, this you're, you're rooted on the rock. And, um, and so I've, I've, as I've grown, God puts us in, in all sorts of situations that are too big for us. And, um, and just times that we just don't know really what to do. Uh, and so um, I found, and God has used, a, a real example is uh, I had a, you know, a lot of, a lot of, of poor attitudes. I would say my, my fleshly existence was one of, feeling like it was pretty yucky. I was, I really had an inferiority complex and tended to be very afraid. Uh, just wasn't, wasn't very brave. Wasn't, um, you know, and that makes for being not for being very stable and not being able to protect and not being able to care for people. And, um, and we had a, a, an actual situation um, back a number of years in the business where um, I kind of, in my just kind of maybe not listening to the Lord, thinking, uh, you know, God was just going to bless anything I did. I got, I borrowed, borrowed money for the business to, to buy some partners out, and then the business, God wouldn't allow the business to stay alive. And so I, I ended up um, looking at, well, are we going to be, you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s. Are we going to, am I going to be bankrupt and pay this money for the rest of my life? And I, there was really the lowest part of my life probably. And I, uh, I was not suicidal, but I was very close because I really didn't have much hope. So I started, uh, I had just a lot of fear, and we would come home. I'd come home every day, and and mom and I would pray, and then I'd go to work, and uh, um, and I'd be again very uh, insecure, uh, and and just kind of just dragged through the day. But I just got to the point where where it's like I was afraid of everything, and you know, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. But it's like that was my whole, whole, that was my way of an insecure person dealing with life is can be very insecure. Maybe you you don't 
you don't show everybody that that's the way you are, but in your heart, that's where you're at. And so I just started praying, and every time that that uh, the devil would tell me, oh, you're not worth anything, or that was a big mistake, you're so stupid, and all of those things I learned really with prayer, very pragmatically, to resist the devil, to say, that's not, not the truth. God has not deserted me. God loves me. God has begun a good work in me, and he's going to bring it to completion. And so I began to refute the insecurity, the fear that that I'd really lived with all of my life. And, and it, not that it never comes back, but that Day by day, uh, I mean, I've got this real confidence of the Lord that he has established because I prayed. And I pray not without basis, but I pray based on the Bible. Because the, the, the Bible tells us that if we ask, God will give it to us. And sometimes he, he gives it to us not quite like we think it's going to look. But over a process of time, God has God has blessed immensely, and um, you know, and it's it's not necessarily the way I would do things, but you know, I, like I said, I would have been I was very insecure, so I've stayed with this kind of relationship with the Lord for for a long time now, and and um, you know, He's. He's faithful, and I just I'm confident of that day by day. Well, and you said that you pray. Can you give like nuts and bolts? Like I was I was talking with you a few days ago. I was like, if I was going to start like a YouTube channel about how to you know fix a shower or change the oil in a car, you know, I would say these are the tools you need. This is what you need to do. When you say pray, let's say there's someone that was in your same shoes, you know, that's like, say they're 21 years old right now. And they're like, okay, all I know is the Lord's prayer. Can, what, what would you teach him about how to pray? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I think, and, you know, know the, know the Bible and kind of allow, like read the Psalms and, and, and and start to feel, you know, what like David's heart was was like, or um, all of those things. That helps. I would say I would begin to just ask. Um, I would not think about a position necessarily that that you have to kneel down, or it has to be by your bed, or it has to be in the evening. Um, you know, it's like we can. Uh, we can pray. Paul said, I, I pray more than you all. Uh, I think we pray continuously and they're continually asking. But what I found is, is I really, at one point, really dedicated some time that I was, oh, I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to get up every morning. I'm going to pray for a half an hour, an hour or whatever. It was, it was a real traumatic time because one thing they don't tell you in books and stuff, at least I didn't read, is when you try to pray, the devil will put everything against you. He, every, every possible lie that's out there that says, you know, when you pray, God doesn't hear you. And, uh, and you know, you're not praying right or you're not praying enough or, you know, before you can really pray, you need to do this. Um, I would say just to devote some time, but realize that prayer might be the hardest work I've ever done in my life. And uh, so one thing is that it's hard work. The second thing is the answers do come, but they don't look like we think they will look a lot of times. Um, I mean, a lot of times when we pray, it will not be answered for five years or you know, there's some prayers that seems like we pray and right away God answers. And like, like I have a tendency to to lose things. So I'll, I'll pray, well, where are my keys, Lord? And the Lord will a lot of times show me if I'm humble enough to pray. Well, that's a little prayer. Big prayers like, 
what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to, to take this job? You know, is this the woman that I'm supposed to marry? Or is this really right? Or how do I grow closer to you, Lord? All those things seem to take a long time. And the answers don't necessarily, you know, I mean, you can pray that the Lord will find you a wife, but you don't give up on that prayer because God's going to answer it, but it's in his time. And and you don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, so, but if you pray, I'm very convinced that if we do pray, God will answer. Um, and so there's, it's hard work and it sometimes takes a while. Um, the George Mueller, uh, a saint from England in the 1800s, prayed for some people for 50 years and they came to the Lord when he was dead and being buried. Uh, and, you know, sometimes that's, it seems like, like God, you know, God is, God is, you know, God is never late. Because uh, sometimes he's working, when we're praying, he's building spiritual mus- muscles. So uh, uh, he's not, you know, he, but he's not early. Uh, or he's not, you know, he's not late, but he's never early. It's, it's, it, God just doesn't, usually when we pray, things don't just happen like, like popcorn or whatever. They don't happen instantly. Yeah, well, I want to brag on you, Dad. One of the things that I admire and I've always admired about you is going back to the whole business thing when you bought into that that partnership and it, and it did become a mess um, at the end one of the things about integrity of, of that a man keeps his word is one of the things that I, I wrote in the first article about the difference between a boy and a man and a man keeps his word. But one story that, that I want to pass on all the listeners is that uh, my dad had signed on a line of credit. Um, and even though he later sold the business in the end, his name was still on the line of credit and all these other people would not pay it. My dad alone was the only person that would actually said, it's not even my responsibility anymore officially, but my name is there and I'm going to do it. And so my dad kept his word, even though it really wasn't even his word to keep anymore. He kept it. And so dad, I've always admired that about you. And that's, I would say that's a practical thing that we don't see in this day and age. Um, I would say to all the young men out there, the boys that are becoming men, keep your word, keep your word, keep your word. Yeah, and that, and that, that affects marriage. I mean, it's, you know, we, uh, it's, that's a solemn commitment, but so many people walk away from their marriages. They, they, you know, they, uh, you know, it's something like, well, and that's why I say that, I mean, without the Lord, I don't think I would have had the lo- the longevity of staying as faithful, but, uh, but that's what you do. A man is stable. Well, and so let's talk about that emotionally. So why, what does that afford a family when you are stable? What does that afford your wife? What does that afford your kids? Um, yeah, what's the why? Well, I, a leader is always uh, being watched. And in a family... The father is the head of the house. It's just uh, there's an authority thing, not better than the wife, but the father is very important. He's very important for the well-being of his wife, and he's very important for the well-being of his children. And um, and so um, I think a, a man needs to learn to control his emotions. And I, I think that's why, for me, um, learning to overcome fear was really important. Because, you know, if, if you're coming home as a husband every day and complaining about your job and, and crying about, oh, I just can't do it anymore, and, you know, being uh, unstable, your family's not going to be stable. So a man, uh, man needs to to learn to control all sorts of emotions, like 
He needs to he needs to control his anger. You can't justify doing whatever you want. A man needs to to um, to really be honest, and you know he needs to be truthful. Uh, all of those things that are very much in the world word and the heart of God are are important for us to do, and we. Uh, as men, you know, we have to, Jesus is, is the rock of our salvation. Well, we are the rock of our family. Um, and, you know, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. Uh, not saying that you don't get afraid, but you learn to act courageously and stand your ground. Uh, my favorite scripture is Exodus 14, or one of my favorites, is um, stand and see the deliverance of your God. That, was, that word came from, from, the, from God to Moses at probably his most fearful time when he's got the life of the people of Israel in his hands, and yet um, the Pharaoh is coming with his forces, and they've got the Red Sea on the other side. And he doesn't know that God's going to open it. But God gives him a word that says, stand and see the deliverance of your God, which he will accomplish while you stay silent. The enemy that you see today, you'll never see them again forever. And that was really, that. that's in prayer, standing on words like that um, and and just holding on to them, believing that that God doesn't, allow his people to perish that he prospers them that he 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 you know you don't see the righteous men begging bread that's a promise from the word and that's 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 prayer but that's also how we can be stable well and you said like so let's say you know because i think every man goes through this i know for me too something happens at work um you make a mistake or you say something you shouldn't have or a business deal falls through, whatever. What practically do you do before you come home so that you don't bring that home? What's, um, how do you turn that to God or how do you take your emotions and not become a robot, but not pass that on? Like one of the things I've, I've written in one of the, one of the articles just about giving your best at home, not just your leftovers. Well, and that's a discipline. And I've not always been perfect at that, um, you know, but um, I think the more you can really trust the Lord, I mean, when, when you have a disappointment or whatever, that you realize that God knows uh, this and and sometimes our emotions go wild for a little bit, and that's that's normal. Like when somebody dies, or when you get fired, or all of those things. But but if you you know, so you always can't keep that that face. But you really work at it, and you really try not to not to give. You know, a leader. What what does a leader do in the face of a battle? They don't. They don't give. Oh, guys, we we just can't make it. I mean, if 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 a leader does that for his troops, his troops aren't going to be able to be very victorious. So, you know, they're bigger than we are, and you know those kind of reports that came back to Moses and when they had the the spies had went to to spy out the land. But when they, you know, Joshua and Caleb said, "Hey." Our God's big, and we can do this. Uh, and that's sort of what we have to kind of reprogram ourselves, get ourselves to look at things from God's perspective. God knows everything. God is in control, even though it looks like it's out of control. And uh, just try to control our emotions, control our anger, control all of the things that we do. But we have to do that the spirit is the spirit of self-control. God's spirit in us gives us the ability to to meet those things. And so, just 
basically in like in prayer, just like so say that that happens, you're just saying, Okay, God, give me your perspective, God give me eyes to to see, or maybe even just like you said, remember, you know, I I, I love the the line in um Amazing Grace, his grace has brought me safe thus far. Right. And you know, and it's it's kind of looking back. Yeah, yeah, it's not been perfect. I don't think any man, and that's what I, I challenge some of the young men in our uh, adventure discipleship training program here in Del Rio is of like, of like, there is going to be that time when thing are things are not going to go right in your life, and then are you ready and you are you able to handle that? Are you able to deal with that? Well, look at the faithfulness of God. Look at the times where He has. He's come through for you or yeah, you made it out by the skin of your teeth, but you still made it out. Um, and I think that's, yeah, I just, I enjoy, if I'll remember to do it, a looking back in the past and remember, and I think it's, it's crazy throughout the old Testament, how many times they look back to the crossing of the Red Sea. It's like over and over, almost all the prophets allude to that. David alludes to that. I mean, so many things like that was the thing that they're like, our God did that. Mm -hmm. He can probably take care of this. And Um, that's a good thing to do is to make, you know, uh, if you do pray, um, as you do pray, um, to remember, to, you know, because sometimes we, we pray and God does what we pray about and then we forget it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we need to be thankful because if we look back, um, that God does does work, and 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 if we'll remember His faithfulness, then we can handle. You know, He was He was there when you know, like David said, when I when I defeated the lion and when I you know defeated the bear, and He's going to defeat you, Goliath. I mean, I, you know, I know who I believe it, and I'm persuaded that He is able to keep that which he, I've committed unto you until that day. That's kind of our, um, we have to just have that trust yeah. in the Lord. Yeah, and like you said, he David had already beat a lion and a bear. And it wasn't like the first time, you know, and I, and I imagine, not that it gets easy, but it's probably easier now, you know, many years later, I have walked through those battles and the Lord delivered me from them, you know, and you didn't go bankrupt. And the times that the business has been tight and the Lord has been faithful. Um, and, and then over time, then in a way it's like having a, a track record with God of, you said, not to say that God's answered the same way every time, but you know that the Lord, like you said, the, never have I seen the righteous forsaking Never have I seen their children begging bread. I mean, that's that's truth. Um, and that becomes part of your history and probably enables you, like in this season right now, I'm sure it's not enjoyable to be a small business owner, especially in Washington State right now, right? But no. like emotionally, emotionally, how would you say that the past is helping you now? Well, I mean, it depends. You know, we need to have a big God. Um, so, I mean, and it, you know, I haven't, you know, I haven't gone all the way. I'm not dead at this point, so I'm still living. But I do. I have experienced God as we've gone along, and and even you know, even the worst case scenario. Um, and that's, I think that's what's where we really trust God or we test God. You know, how do you handle it? Uh, how do you handle it if you fall into persecution? How do you handle it, you know, if you get married and your wife dies of, of you know, or a child dies or, or you have an accident or, or any of those things? How do you, how do you handle it? And if i mean i if if you're faithful i i just think that if god looks at god's really generous and he looks at our attempts and if we're trying to 
if, if, if we're trying to be sincere, which means we're, we're trying to be truthful all the way through our character. Um, you know, it's, we're not trying to cheat and get away with things. We're not trying to, um, you know, we're not claiming to be perfect, but we are also really committed to knowing the Lord and, um, and trying to be honest. And if we, you know, if we make a mistake to confess it, or if we do something wrong, we try to make it right. If that's the way we're living, um, it's it's like that's that's our character all the way through. We are not a poser. We're not someone who who just well, I'm a good Christian, and then you know, and then I go go home from you know when I'm off with my with my friends and we just swear and drink and you know and just party. Well. You know, God looks at all of those things. If we're really loving the Lord, we watch how we behave. We don't we don't take the names of the Lord in vain. If we're walking that way, God makes us more and more solid. I think um, you know we're more and more able to to fight off the the fiery barbs of the enemy, the spiritual forces in, in heavenly places. And that's a process that's, that goes along as, um, and, and it's, it gets, I, I, God's really gracious, I think, in my life. I mean, I've had some things that were, were really hard, but, but I mean, he made it. He made a way in those times, um, and I, you know, I, I think he made makes our situation especially for us, and and he's been. Uh, I don't think. I mean, I. So I guess in the thing of with the business right now, I'm not sure. I mean, I, uh, you know, God has. God has provided. I mean, we've we've fortunate. We're in a state that's locked down, and yet our business has um, has really um, our needs have been met. I mean, we've got some money from the government, which was, you know, uh, we didn't really need that, but it's nice. It helps pay for uh, our employees. We haven't had to lay off anybody. Um, uh, and um, I mean, I, I feel sorry for for businesses that are you know are just shattered. We, we fortunately have a a business that kind of can work fairly fairly well remotely, and um, and uh, and we're we're God's God's meeting our needs. One place for prayer, and this. Uh, and I've had employees that ask, "Well, what do you do when you don't just don't have any work?" And my answer is, "Is we we don't just try to market and try to advertise and do all sorts of things. Biggest thing we do is pray, and it's been remarkable um, uh, that that God God meets our needs. But but part and partly I learned about that from a guy that I worked with." Because he and his wife, when they wanted work, when they needed work, they would pray and they would get work. And so, um, uh, I I don't think that I, you know, I don't get work just because of that I'm so cool or or so talented. I get work because God brings and God provides. That's cool. Well, let's move on to the last area, just talking about the providing and protecting physically. Um, because it is easy to maybe super spiritualize and talk about everything, but there is that part at the end, you know, that we provide um, for our families. And, and like for you, you're not just providing for mom and Arthur or for, the, you know, for his kids, but you're, you're really providing for those at work and those in the community and neighbors but, but what's one practical thing that, that you see, you know, day in and day out that, that maybe is a decision you've made to provide or a way that you've chosen to protect? And maybe you learned it from someone else, but just 
that, that goes to your mind maybe on a routine basis? Well, I think it's, you know, life consists of a lot of different decisions and, um, and things like part of, part of that is our, our mental health. Um, so, and that's thinking on things that are good and, and praying and, you know, trying to live in accordance with the Bible, in accordance with, with God and his word. Um, but then, you know, it's, it's staying fairly healthy, you know, exercising and being active are really important things, not to just, you know, just be a couch potato and, you know, and play video games or watch watch movies all the time, but really to to do different things, to be active and interested. Um, those are um, because... I mean, a husband, a, a man is meant to be a leader. And that means sometimes that it means that we need to be the head of the entertainment for our family. Um, you know, we, we need to, to have that extra energy to encourage everybody to climb a hill or to, um, you know, to, to, to be able to try something that that's new or different and all of those things. So, you know, we, you know, we're responsible to, I mean, we, it's really uh, my pet peeve is people that just, you know, don't have, you know, want the government to give them money. Well, God gave you hands. Paul says, if you don't work, you don't eat. And, um, I'm not the best worker, but I do have work, and God has provided me a, 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 a way of making a living that that has has supplied for the the needs of my family. And as being a man, Paul says, if you know, if you don't take care of your own family, you're worse than a non-believer, and um, so. So you're responsible. You're, you know, you you don't have to, you don't have to be super wealthy, but you, you know, part of being a man means that you're you're willing to to take care of your own own needs. That you don't go into debt and you don't um, overextend yourself, and you're uh, you're wise, a wise steward. Uh, but then it becomes bigger. When you add a wife, and it becomes bigger when you add children and all of that. Um, so it's really important to be to be wise to to not just spend everything you you get and and believe that everybody owes you uh, owes you something. When um, a boy growing to be a man, that means that he's come to the point of. Of he doesn't expect that he's got to live off of his parents, and there's a lot of people that don't want to get to that point. Uh, you know, they they're perfectly healthy. Well, go get a job, and um, and it's like we need to realize that um, that it means to be responsible. It means to not spend more than you make, uh, and that's hard because we're all pleasure seeking animals who who like to feel good and and that but we need to you know to be self-controlled to be disciplined and all of those things add for you know so to be a man you need to to have a job and you need to to be able to to hopefully have a home and 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 then you know and and then spend time be as you know as you grow up it's really good to be to be a, a husband needs to be involved in the lives of their children, and and it that takes a lot. That means you just can't, you know, you just can't play video games or you can't, just can't go fishing. You have to have have to be around and and do things with your family. And so that physical, you know, you know, even with a job, to not have, you know, if you've got a job that just consumes 
everything. Uh, you know, maybe you need to look at something different because because if you're going to have a family, you've got to have some time to care for them and to love them, and um, and because because people as a leader, you have you know have people around who need you to be emotionally there. They need to be provided for so that they're not uh, afraid of of going bankrupt all the time. All those things are are things that men do. They they grow to be providers. Amen. Well, this is kind of my next, probably my favorite part of this this. Um, this podcast to just kind of get to ask about the role that other men have played in your life. And I know some of these men um, just because they played a role in my life as well, but maybe talk about one or two or three men that, like you mentioned one of them. I didn't know that part about that you learned about praying to ask for work from another couple. I didn't know that. I knew that you prayed for work, but, but share how other men, because I really think masculinity is really, it's learned from other men or, or parts of it. Well, and I think, you know, God teaches us, God wants us to work. You know, he, he told um, Adam and Eve, you know, to, to be fruitful and multiply and, and, and to, to manage um, the creation, lord it over creation. And um, so I, you know, and I, I mean, I don't, I always think that I, I really would, you know, be nice not to work, but, but work is really important. And um, a couple of men, I mean, really helped me because I, I, I had, had, growing up, uh, until I'd come to the Lord, I had never kept a job for more than two or three months. I would just, I would just do it for a while, have enough money, and then, then, you know, would move or I was going to school. So I never was very, was never stable enough. I was never stable enough to really think about getting married. But after I'd come to the Lord, I, I had this one job at, um, at, in working, and I got to work in a model shop. And um, my boss there, we were, it was really kind of fun. We were, we were, we were like, cabinet makers in a way but we were making these things out of plastic and stuff and i would get really frustrated there were because you know if you got all these things to do well you know how do you begin uh, how, how do you begin to eat an elephant you know you you know you start to you got to start it with a single bite and that that's one of the things he taught me is just you know, what one thing could you do? And when, when I was just stymied and just lost, and, oh, I could do this. And it's amazing if we will take one little step of one thing we can do, not worrying about all the stuff that we can't do, um, that, that it's like God, God takes care of the rest. He gets us going. And, and so that's, that was a really good work lesson for me. And then the guy that really taught me about prayer, uh, one of the things that, because I make a lot of mistakes, I still make a lot of mistakes, and I have to forgive myself for that. Because, I mean, any, you know, because when you're going to do anything, you're, you're going to make mistakes. And you got to not just beat yourself up too badly so that, so that you just, you know, you're frozen or just utterly yeah. wounded. But this guy, the guy said, uh, you know, like when I, I would come and say, man, I just, I just wasted a bunch of money because uh, that, that film that I just put out, there are mistakes in it. And, and he would say, the only people that don't make mistakes are people that don't, know, don't do anything. And um, that was a, so that really, all of a sudden, it gave me permission to make mistakes. Because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to make mistakes. And um, so, I mean, those, those employers that had a little bit of wisdom, put that wisdom 
into me and um and you know and the bible does the same thing i'm i feel like god instruct you know one of my favorite scriptures is don't worry about anything but pray about everything so anytime i'm worrying that's not what god wants me to do so i need to start praying and if we'll do that god will god will help us yeah, and I think the thing about mistakes, I, I I really want to focus on what you said. It's learning how to forgive yourself when you make them because it's so easy. Somehow it's easy for other people to forgive us, but it's somehow harder for us to forgive ourselves. I think our pride does not like doesn't like that at all. But I think it is so important. Um like in teaching pilot training right now, I, I tell the students, I make the exact same mistakes that you make. I just, I, I recognize them a little bit sooner than you do. Um, but I still make the mistakes. And I think it's such, it's courage. And that's how you win, right? You have to, I mean, baseball, a good batting average is 300, yeah. which means, you're only hitting it less than one third of the time. Are you actually getting a good at bat? And somehow that they're really good, you know. So there's in football, a, football yeah. a lot of times, you know, you there's there's kind of like in a battle. There's times when it looks like some team is just going to dominate, but the other team just hangs around, and they hang around long enough, and and then there's a momentum switch. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of times the best team doesn't win because it's, you know, it's the how, how much courage do they have? How much, how much did, did God work on their behalf um, to, to win? Well, and moving on to that of, I know that you've mentored you know, my brothers and I, um, and then other men in your life. But like, what what advice would you pass on, or like, what men are you working with right now to to challenge them? Let's say, just like you talked about building spiritual muscles. Let's say if someone was like at this point, they only had like twenty minutes or thirty minutes in their day that they felt that they had to do anything. And they're like, Hey, yeah, I think I'm still a boy. I want to grow into a man. What would you tell them to do with those that time? Or are you currently with some of the young boys or men in your life? Well, I would say that the, the best thing a person could do is really realize what it means to be born again. Um, that, because uh, that was one of the biggest things I learned, uh, that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Um, and and I, when the Bible says that we are born again, it means that we are born of the Spirit. We enter into newness of life. If that one concept is really the biggest thing. I mean, we all live in this life, this fleshly life, and God doesn't expect us to keep all of the commandments. In fact, the, the com- he, those commandments are good, but one of the things they really show us is just how weak we are because we can't do them. But, but he, it's God at work in us to will and to do his good pleasure. If we are truly born again, we're born again the same way that a man is born into this world or a woman born into this world. They're, they come in as a new life. Well, spiritually, we have new life. And we, if we come to grips with that, we realize that that we're not just... You know, we're not just born for a time and spiritual and then, well, now I'm going to be carnal for a while. That's a different life. That's the old life. And uh, I mean, if, if that is the biggest thing that, that's made transformation in me, because I, I know that I am not, my life 
you know, I'm alive and my life is hidden in with God in Christ. That's who I am. Uh, that's what gives us eternal life. That's what gives us um, relationship with God. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. We're just as if we hadn't sinned. But but there's a that identity in Christ is so. That's that's the thing that I, I if people will realize that, then and and just grow in that relationship. Pray in the Spirit that 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 would be who they are. That who they are in Christ is not is not who they are. So if you make a mistake. We're flesh. We make mistakes. But that doesn't mean that God rejects us. And for me, that's, that's what God's done, is, is that he's given me an understanding, a little bit of understanding that, that I am a new creation. I am not what I used to be, but I've, um, I've become, become a new man in Christ. And becoming a new man, like you alluded to it, but how do you view yourself differently? I remember when you, when you, you know, Second Corinthians five seventeen. I remember that um, that became a big focus of your life. I remember you taught us about it and everything. But so, what? How do you see yourself differently now than you did prior to that? Well, you know, we're we're to reckon ourselves as dead to sin, uh, and that's dead to dead to the old life. Now we still live in the flesh, but there's a there's a new dynamic happening in our lives when we when we come to Christ, and if we'll learn to to depend on that and not on our own abilities, our own talents, but really, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a, I mean, it's a concept that's really, it's really worth pondering. And I, I, I don't feel like I've ever been able really to explain it to um, anybody or, or much. But you got to live it. I mean, knowing that we live in an exchanged life, Christ gave His life. For our sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ, and so I have to look at that as as what is the reality. The ra- reality is I am not what I used to be. Um, I'm not Dennis who was was confused and searching. I mean, I still have this physical body, but God's preparing us for another world. And and so we have to to you know put our you know put our our hope in uh, you know my my hope is built on nothing less but than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. In Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground, the the rest of my life, my own glory is sinking sand. But um, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness and his finished work. The, the, the fact that Jesus' death was enough to give me right standing with God. For right now, I am seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's why I think that, you know, that, that study the word, uh, you know, read it and, and ask the Lord to show you. Uh, um, Paul's epistles, read Romans, read Philippians, read Colossians. Um, uh, but it's, but it does take, you're not just reading, you know, you, it's, you need spiritual ears. So that's why we pray, so that God will open our eyes, open the eyes of our, our understanding that we can see who we are in Christ. Yeah, like you said, that, that one day, that it's not just for this life. I think that's the thing that in the last year or so that God's been showing me is that it's not just, yes, we want to grow to be like Christ for the sake of growing here, but it's more 
it is investing in a relationship that will be eternal. You know, like I can, I can try to make my house as nice as I can and make the yard all perfect, but those things will burn. Those things will not, won't be here. We might move or the house gets destroyed or there's a fire, like even just in this life, you know, how things get destroyed so often or, or fall in disrepair. But yet the spiritual, like that, that if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. That spirit alive is the same spirit that's going to be alive forevermore, right? And it's and it's right. that growth. I just I think about you know your mom about Grandma Joan and you know she was at least whenever I knew her she was never I would never have said that she was a big strong woman. She was on the smaller stature, um, a little meek, and yet. I knew that spiritually, you know, before she went to be with the Lord or just even as she was elderly, was she was a she was a giant spiritually by the end. Even though physically she got probably smaller and smaller and smaller and weaker. But spiritually, where she was at, um and and now is enjoying, you know, the fellowship with the Lord, um that we are we, we are investing in something that's not just for this day, but right. for eternity as well. But it, but it's like by doing that, by investing in what is eternal, we end up being the best yeah. representation of ourselves in this world as, mm-hmm. uh, as, as men. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I, I really, I, I love that, that, that John, you know, the beloved that really talks about not just the, the spiritual stuff, but he's like, we saw him, you know, we saw Jesus in the flesh and the word became flesh. And, and, and it is interesting how God wants us to love us with, wants us to love him with, not just with our spirit, but with our hearts and with our bodies and with our minds. And yeah. And when, and that's really why, I think if, as we grow into manhood and continue until we go to be home with the Lord, it does, it brings life to everyone around us. You know, when, when that you as a man come home and you are stable, you put up that force field around your wife and your kids, even your community, your neighbors, you know, and everyone else is able to kind of, you know, they don't have to have high blood pressure. They can be like, Oh yeah, everything's good. Everything's good, you know. And it is cool that God is—he does multiple things at the same time. Like, like you said, we're getting ready for eternity, and yet we're being conformed to the image of His Son, like it says in Romans eight. And in doing that, you know, becoming like Christ, we are bringing life to here. You know, yeah, creating, we're, we're fixing things here. Yeah, we're to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God is is over all of this. I one thing I would I was just just thought of that that God God is is really you know really true. His 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 word is true, and you know the world tries to say that it's you know christianity and god stuff is for sissies it's for weaklings who can't cope with life truth is it the strongest men the the men of most character are strong christians and they live um their utmost for his highest as as oswald chambers said Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they don't have to be afraid, you know, of a man. I know that for me, that's I learned to receive the affirmation from the Lord that I didn't have to receive it from man. I didn't have to look to the left or the right or anywhere, you know, because God is both the perfect Father, the perfect all in all. He is truth, and and like you said, being stable or being. I don't know. It's like knowing that he has your back eternally. And it's not that everything's going to work out because I think that's not your testimony or mine that everything works out perfect. But 
does provide strength and courage and um mm-hmm. and victory like I tell the kids I was like the reason why I'm a Christian is because I like to win and I want to win in the end and so so I'm not going to be on the losing side and yeah the men that I respect are those that have walked with the Lord for a long time and are still walking and they're closer now oh, yes. than and they were 30 years ago when I first met them. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, I'm not that old yet, but I'm getting older and I'm seeing, I'm seeing, it's interesting to see not even just boys, but, but men that aren't necessarily walking with the Lord. And once they get to 60, where they kind of go, as opposed to the man who's walking with the Lord. And it really encourages me to keep walking with the Lord, you know, if he should tear that long. Well, I think we'll wrap it up at this point, Dad, unless you've gotten any other thoughts or any last things. Um, no, yeah. That's uh, been good. Again, cause, um, but it's been good, good talking with you and kind of discussing some yeah. of these issues and, well, and Dad, would you mind uh, closing us in prayer? No. Lord, we we thank you for this this um, kind of new ministry, this Arrow School, Lord. Uh, we pray that this. I know that this burden has been on Zach's heart for a long time to raise up men, and Lord, uh, and. Paul says to act like men, and we, we as Christians need to, to stand up and act like men because the world needs examples. The world needs people of character, and the only people that really have character are people that know Christ because he is the author and finisher of faith, and, and our relationship with God is dependent on that. So I pray that any... Um, anyone, Lord, that is really seeking for for growth in their spiritual life would be able to listen to this podcast and would be able to listen to to the words that are going forth and that they would find uh, just ability to grow as men, to grow as spiritual men, able to to do immensely beyond what we think and ask because because if your word says, if we pray, if we will pray that this mountain be moved and thrown into the sea, if we have faith, you will do it, Lord. And I think there's a whole lot of mountains that we need to see thrown into the sea. And 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 the things that need to be defeated, fears and and insecurities and all that, that need to be defeated. And we can defeat them in prayer. And I pray that that would be a fruit of this ministry and thank you bless zach and and as he steps out in this and just pray that you'd make it to prosper and we give you praise for that in jesus name amen amen well once again this was uh dennis miller this is my father and um this is the arrow school for men and uh we'll catch you next time